Let's pray. Let's pray for her. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for Viv. I thank you for all of the, um, the food that you've put inside of her, all of the nourishment from, from your word and from, from your heart, Jesus. And we receive what you've uh, given to Viv, and we uh, open ourselves up to receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So if you have a Bible, or if you have a phone, or I think we're going to have the words up on the screen, we're going to read a passage from Matthew, and it's Matthew 11, and I'm going to start in verse 25, but what I actually want to look at a little bit more is uh, verses 28 to 30, but I'm going to read from 25 just so you get a bit more of the context. So it says, at that time, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except for the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And in this part. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Father, we just pray this morning, we pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts just to these mammoth truths, these comforting truths that you've given us today. And we pray that these words, they just hit home in hearts all across this room this morning. Pray you transform our view of what it means to be called followers of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I think those last three verses, and we'll keep that up for the moment, I, I think they give us one of the clearest, most powerful, most beautiful pictures of Christianity the way that Jesus designed it. And at the same time, they, they kind of give us a little bit of a rebuke if, if, about what Christianity isn't. And, and what I want you to see today, and I want to keep things very simple, I want to see two simple life-changing truths that emerge from this text that I think and I believe what sum up what being a follower of Jesus is all about. So truth number one is we give up all we have to Jesus. Can you do that one, Abby? We give up all we have to Jesus. Now, this, um, the imagery that, we've, that it talks about here is quite an old-fashioned Im imagery um, about, the, about a yoke. And it's not like an, part of an egg or anything like that. Um, it's a yoke in the Old Testament, um, or in the, in the sort of the context back then, it was like this, this wooden bar. Can you do the picture, Abby? Of... Um, that, that would allow an ox to pull a cart or pull a plough. And often an, a, a, a yoke could be singular, so it could just be placed on one ox. But you could also have a yoke that can be shared between two oxen. And you have one ox on one side, and then you have the other on the other side. And they'd, they'd, together they'd share the load, and they'd be able to pull a lot more than just if it was just them on their own. So that was, that, that was the whole purpose of having a yoke. And um, if you have a yoke that's, that's shared between two oxen, you'd, back in these days, or actually probably still in, in where they use them now, is that you'd often have one ox that was a, 
was more trained in hearing the master's voice, in knowing the commands. So you'd have one of these ox that was more experienced, maybe slightly stronger, and as a result, the second ox would come in and then they'd learn from the first ox. Does that make sense? So you'd have this second, the, the first ox would kind of know the master's voice, know what the commands were, and then you'd have the second one coming in alongside. And so the context that Jesus is speaking in here, he's speaking to a group of uh, first century Jewish, Jewish people, and they'd been living under a really strict religious system, like loads of laws, loads of, uh, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. And not only was there the commandments, but they, the Jewish teachers of the day, they had, I think it said they had over 600 extra laws that they had to listen to and they had to obey. So there was huge demands on them. And so it was, it was kind of like Jesus was speaking to these people who could never measure up. They had these massive standards and you had all these regulations, all these rules, and they, they could never live up to them. And so that's, that's the context that Jesus is speaking into. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you. So what does this mean? I think the first thing is that we give up all we have to Jesus. We give up. And it, we give him the full weight of our sin, all the things that we've done wrong, all the things that we've said wrong, everything that we've thought wrong, we give it up. We give it up to Jesus. There was a, there was a study done a few years ago, apparently, where people went out on the streets and asked, they were, they were wanting to find out the, the effects of guilt and shame. And they asked people in the community this one question, what do you think of when you think of the word guilt? And Really sadly, one of the first things that people said was the word church. That was the word that came to mind. They said church. When, it, when they thought of guilt, that was the first word that came to mind. And that is really sad. Um, you know, it could be like, I don't want to go to church because they make me feel guilty, or I feel guilty because I don't go to church. But I, I think maybe there's some people here today that that's your experience of church, that actually church makes you feel guilty. And it's all about another thing to do and another rule to meet and another expectation to meet. And in order to live a good Christian life, basically there's this whole list of things to do and you just become guiltier and guiltier. But so I, I just want to remind you, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, if you, if you trust in Jesus, you don't bear the weight of your sin anymore. You just don't bear that at all. He... Jesus, when he died, he took the full weight of your sin and he nailed it on, on the cross for all of eternity. Psalm 103, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How, how far is that? Far from the east and the west? That's, you can't really get any further. And, and then in Isaiah 43, it says, I will remember your sins no more. So... And really, just even think now, what's one thing you've done wrong or said wrong or thought wrong over your life? If you've accepted Jesus, he doesn't even remember it. He doesn't remember it. He will remember your sins no more. 
And this is what it means by coming into the yoke. He takes that full weight of our sin. But this isn't where it stops. Some of us, I think this is where we believe it stops. Jesus has taken our sin. Now, great, we've got to get on with it, live a good Christian life. But the second thing we give Jesus is our complete and utter inability to obey God on our own. So I know, I know the words complete and utter are probably the same thing, and I probably wanted to put a few more things in there. So complete, utter, total, absolute. Our complete inability to obey God. We can't do it. So the yoke in this passage that Jesus is talking about, he's, he's contrasting it with the Jewish law. And now the law is a good thing. Jesus isn't saying, you know, come to me and just do whatever you want. But what he is saying is you come to me because without me, you'll never be able to obey God. And I think sometimes the danger in Christianity is that we think we can. We think we can obey the law all on our own. We think we can please God. And we think, I think we're in, the da in danger of missing the whole point of Christianity sometimes. And some of us begin to believe that uh, God's pleasure is based on us doing things. And if we don't do enough, or if we, or if we do enough, then God will be pleased with us. And if we don't, then somehow we've, we've failed and we're dis he's disappointed in us. And so I, I think some of us believe that actually God is disappointed in us. And actually, that's not true. So the truth is, we have to come face to face with is that you will never be able to please God with what you do. It sounds like it's a, like a weird message, doesn't it? Sounds like it's a, a bit upside down. But you'll never be able to please God with what you do. Uh, do you remember on, um, back in the days where they used to do like magic shows and things like that? Or Britain, I don't think they did it on Britain's Got Talent. But the, um, the plate spinners little visual there but you had you had these funny little wooden sticks and you'd send a plate round and then they'd go and spin another plate and then go over to the other side and then just as one was wobbling you go back and spin it again and I think probably for me I, I probably used to feel a bit like this in my Christian life like I've got to pray I've got to pray I've got to read the bible read the bible spin that one round I've got to, I've got to go to work and be a good Christian at work and then come home to my family and then I've got to do all these things and we kind of go from one plate to the other kind of keeping them spinning keeping them spinning just you know good Christian life but that's really tiring it's really tiring isn't it and I'm, I'm not saying that those things are bad but it's kind of misses the point I want to give you two scenarios um so imagine, this is the first scenario, your alarm clock goes off in the morning and you wake up immediately because you know uh, you, you're going to spend some time with God in the morning, you're going to meditate on the Bible, you're going to pray and uh, you just feel really good in the morning, don't you, starting off like that and you, you go off to work and you, you're feeling the presence of God with you wherever you go and you're just kind of in that moment and you're organised, you're getting things done. And, uh, and then you get to the end of the day on the way home and, and you, you meet somebody and you, you, you have an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. 
Okay, so that's scenario number one. Scenario number two, the alarm clock goes off in the morning and you hit it about six or seven times. That's me. <laughs> the snooze button is, is a bad invention. Let me just say, snooze, 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 until there's just no chance that you're going to have any time with God in the morning. You're just push it to the very last second you rush out you have a busy day you're you kind of all of it all over the place like the presence of God is just nowhere near you as far as you can feel it anyway and um you, you just feel all of it odds, at odds with yourself and then again you're on the way home and you meet somebody and you have the opportunity to talk to them about Jesus now with these two scenarios Here's the question I want to ask you. Which of these scenarios do you think God is most likely to bless you in talking to this person about Jesus and maybe even leading them to Jesus? Any, any, any options? Second one. Second one. <laughs> Obviously with you, Lee, because you're so holy all the time. Um, but I, for me, I automatically think oh, it will probably be the first one. You know, I spend time with God, I'm feeling close to God, you know, God's going God's gonna to bless, God's going to bless me. And, um, and, and I guess that this is the, like at the core of it, is that, you know, over here I was walking with God, and over here, here I almost just wouldn't feel worthy. I, you know, I've kind of pretty much ignored God all day, and I probably wouldn't be where I wanted to be spiritually. And so I think this is, this is where the, the kind of idea, oh, thanks, Norm, um, is that actually our performance somehow means that we're going to be blessed more. Does anyone feel that? Just somehow the way that we, the way that we kind of interact with God, the way that we kind of feel close to him, somehow God is going to bless us more. And I think that actually it's not based on what you and I bring to the table at all. The whole point of Christianity, the whole point of walking with Jesus is that actually the best that we bring to the table, it's still not good enough. So the whole point is that we give Jesus our complete and utter inability to obey God. We just can't do it. You don't have to measure up to the law because he's already done it. And you don't have to learn to obey God and try to obey him and try to do all the right things because he's already done it. And the whole point about Christianity is just is coming to Jesus and saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's actually really freeing. I can't do it. And, and as a result, we no longer have to be We have to feel like God is disappointed in us, which is incredible. He's taken all of your sin, all of your inability to please Him, and He's nailed it to the cross. And He's not disappointed in you. But when He looks at you, He sees He sees you. He delights in you. Not because of one ounce of your performance this week. I don't know what your week's been like. Maybe you feel like you've you've kind of had a great week and been walking with God, but none of that affects how God sees you. So, it's not about what we bring to the table. It's about what God brings to the table. We give up all we have to Jesus. 
And the beauty of this second part is that Jesus gives up all he has to us. So where it says at the beginning, it said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And I, I think I probably used to get a bit confused about this, because if Jesus is trying to free me up, why, why do I get put in a yoke? I'm not quite sure that I, I really like that picture. But remember, when we look back at the picture of the oxen, you've got the more experienced ox, and then you've got the, the sort of learner ox, little L plates on. So you've got the one whose strength is infinite and perfect, and who knows the commands of the master. That's Jesus. That's in his side of the yoke. And he's inviting you to come into the yoke with him. It's a really old-fashioned kind of term, isn't it? So he's, he's the strong ox, he knows the commands of the master, he knows how to do this, he's got all of that, and then you come into the yoke with him. And the, the slightly weaker ox, you're still doing the work, but he's taking the load of it, and he knows the commands. And it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now that word learn... It's actually tra translated disciple um, a bit later on in Matthew 28. So it's basically, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn to be my disciple. And he says, I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So you, you learn, this is really like astounding really, you learn to be my disciple and you get rest. I don't know if any of you are studying at the moment or at school or anything, um, I'm not sure that there's any religious teacher in the world or any teacher, actually, that would equate learning with rest. Anyone kind of go back to school and be like, oh, just so relaxed to learn. It's great, just love filling my mind. I just feel so relaxed. I finally feel, just feel really rested. Anyone feel like that when they start learning? It's really, it's not generally what we feel when we learn. But So how can Jesus say, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you will find rest? So when we join in the yoke with him, what are we learning to do? I believe we're learning to kind of lean into Jesus and actually trust in him and not in ourselves. That's the whole thing. It's just not up to us. And actually, if we're leaning into Jesus and let him lead us, that's where, that's where there's rest. Because it's not up to us. And we kind of let go of the strain of trying to do it on our own. And the, the reason that Jesus can give us rest, it's not because he's given us more laws and more regulations. Just, I think, the beauty of Christianity, just, the, this is just makes it such a beautiful way of living is that it's just not another ethic that we have to live up to this picture we have to do all these things it's christ in us jesus comes and lives in us and he enables us to read the word to study to, to pray he enables us to please him jesus jesus christ he's in us and that's such a different way of living Every single prayer we pray, every single step we take, every single thought, it's all to be saturated with Jesus. 
And that this picture of being in a yoke is that it's almost like he takes it more every day. He takes it more and more every day. And that's the picture of coming into the yoke with him. And remember right at the beginning, I, I, the verse 25, it says, Father, you've learned, you've, you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. And we see that imagery all throughout the New Testament, don't we, where it's not the wise people that kind of get it. It's not the, it's, it's generally, it's the foolish people. It's the poor in spirit who experience God. It's the little children. And obviously it doesn't mean if you're really smart you can't follow Jesus. But what it does mean is that it's almost like you have to come to the end of yourself. You just have to come to the end of yourself. I can't do it. I can't do it. You realise it's not about what you bring what you bring to the table. It's about what he does. <coughs> So I, I don't know about you, but I want to come into that yoke. It's old-fashioned language. Anyone else want to join, join Jesus in that yoke? Yeah. I, I see those hands. <laughs> so I, I want you to pray with me this morning. And uh, it may be that... I, 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 my sense is that there's people here that are weary and they're burdened and they're just feeling like maybe you're spinning all those plates around you're kind of going from one plate to the other and then they're just about to fall and then you kind of spin the next one and I just want to invite you to give up <laughs> and that doesn't sound a very kind of PC way of doing things but just come into the yoke with Jesus this morning um, so let, why don't we just close our eyes <coughs> And I want you to just ask Jesus, can I, can I come into the yoke with you, Jesus? And maybe it's for the first time. Maybe for the first time you just want to give him the full weight of your sin. The full weight of everything you've ever done wrong. Just give it to Jesus. And we give him just the complete and utter inability to obey him. Just say, God, we can't do it on our own. Maybe you've just been trying to do all these things on your own. Maybe you know Jesus. But you're then just trying to please him just by doing all these things in your own strength. And just even now, just say, oh, just, I want to relax in the yoke. And I choose to trust you today, Jesus. As we as we kind of put your yoke on us, Jesus, I thank you that you are trustworthy. Thank you that you 
know the commands of the master. Thank you that you see all the plates that are spinning in our lives. And just this morning, Jesus, we give you the ability to take all those plates from us. we give you all the burdens and the heavy loads that we're trying to carry. Maybe even just symbolically just give, give them to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, they're yours. I can't do this. rest today. Pray that we would give you all those heavy burdens and that we'd no longer feel the weight of trying to do this on our own, but we'd trust you. Pray you'd supply us with grace. And that we, we choose just to let go today and trust in you completely. just as we spend a bit more time in worship and just respond to God, you know, there may be people here that have never got in the yoke before and we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to help you make that choice and that decision to follow Jesus and to, to give up. Give all the weight of your sin, all the weight that he's taken and make that exchange with him. And if you'd like to do that this morning, just uh, we'd love to pray for you down the front or just grab somebody around you to pray with you. And if anybody has any other words or pictures or just senses from God that he, he might have over individuals or people, then please let us know as well. But in the meantime, we're just going to uh, sing this last song together. And if you, if you want prayer for anything, we will pray for you for anything. Any sickness, any pains, any emotional things going on, any tricky things that you're facing at work or at home. We would love to pray for you. And there's nothing magical about this front bit, but it just helps us to know who needs prayer. So if you want prayer for anything, 
come and, and come and get prayer this morning. We'll, again, just grab somebody around you. Thank you. 